How is it going, everybody? It is DeMarco here with the Push Start Podcast. This is, I'm going to go off on a limb and guess episode 16 because I always infinitely forget what it is. So we're going with 16, but if it's wrong, it should be titled correctly. Don't worry. Anyway, we have quite a lot of things that have been happening this week. We will have some Deathloop discussion. We have plenty of juicy Batman details, and some of you guys might know how big of a Batman fan I am. So very excited to talk about all of this. Also, some uh, some crisis, which is something I normally wouldn't talk about on the channel, but that's what this podcast is for. We also do have a very special guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, might as well. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, my name is Josh, but you might know me better as the Arcane Realm on YouTube. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your channel, what you do? Yeah, for sure. So um, I focus primarily on uh, Arcane Studios and their their games. So Dishonored Prey and, and now obviously Deathloop, uh, building up to the release of that. And just kind of like to approach things with a very um, positive attitude and, and not even just exclusively Arcane Studios. Just I like to give my thoughts on a variety of different games, uh, regardless of um, which studio might be developing it. Nice. Nice. So, um, everybody, I will leave a link to his channel in the description below. You can go ahead and check it out. Give him your support. Uh, and anyway, so let's. One thing I always like to do and is just simply talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and if Arcane, you want to start, do you have a preference of what what are for you guys? Um. So. Like in terms of what I've been playing recently, uh, ironically enough, um, because I'm like super OCD about having all of the achievements and all the games, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm playing through Prey Mooncrash again, um, which I haven't uh, actually touched since it released about two years ago. Um, so it's been really interesting to kind of dip my feet back into that, and then also, you know, I'm playing through it now knowing that they're taking certain elements from that and applying it to Deathloop. You know, the the um, right, the, rogue, right. the roguelike elements, the permadeath for all of your different characters, your different abilities, you know, and and so it's, it's really interesting for me to kind of go back now and play it through a different lens. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I've been, uh, that's, that's what I've kind of been dipping my, my feet into recently. Well, Deathloop, Deathloop is unique in that as opposed to Mooncrash, Mooncrash, when you die, everything is different, right? Mm -hmm. Everything changes. Yeah, there's a, there's a certain degree of procedural generation where enemy spawns are different, loot and location spawns are different, um, and there's also a whole variety of environmental hazards to deal with. So, mm -hmm. so there is a degree of, of uh, randomness to it. Okay, so I think I think the big difference is now going to be the developers on Deathloop, uh, Dinga Bakaba. I always am scared mm -hmm. to say his name. <laughs> uh, Dinga has stated, or in just interviews with the team, they've stated that you want to spend the time learning their routines and you want to learn exactly how they go about uh, their whatever they do in their days. It's so it's it's see, I got the vibe personally. I don't know maybe you feel the same that mm -hmm. with Deathloop specifically they will have the same patterns and even if you die and get reset the person will maybe st probably still be in the same place doing the same things yeah time. yeah which I, might get a bit boring 
Right. You know what I kind of think? I think of Hitman when I think about that. You know, you're you're going after okay. targets and you take advantage nice. of of their routines and their schedules and you use that to your advantage. I mean, that's just what pops into my head, but yeah, I think with Deathloop there's there's going to be a little bit more consistency. Um I think the fear for a lot of people though um for that is that there's going to be a lot of repetition involved with that. And I mean, I'm I'm certainly afraid of that uh but again i won't know for sure until we actually get our hands on the game and see kind of how everything flows yeah that's going to be a big thing isn't it? it it does seem from what i understand so far that it should maybe be about a 40 dollar game i don't know yeah. if this is a 60 dollar game yeah it i mean it's it's risky as a as a triple a game it's it's a very risky concept because roguelike is not a being completely blunt, uh, the roguelike genre is not a uh, something that most players who focus primarily on AAA games are going to be into. You know, roguelike has been relegated mm -hmm. primarily to the indie scene, and so I think I I commend Arcane for trying to do something different and for trying to push it out there and to to kind of get it more out into the mainstream. The idea of repeating the same thing over and over and over and over again but um yeah i think for for 60 dollars that's it's asking a lot of of um people who who might otherwise never touch a, a roguelike game <laughs> or a, a thing like that you know and, and it's funny you bring that up because this 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 goes for you you say i'm glad arcane's taking that risk but something i mm -hmm. i need to point out and this is where my brain instantly shot is that mm -hmm. we need to also say thanks to bethesda everyone is like bethesda bad they made fallout 76 and ESO. oh my god and i'm the, so tired of hearing for that the, man. <laughs> for the people that say that well elder scrolls 6 isn't becoming out because of esl1 that's blatantly wrong but two the fact that Bethesda and Zenimax in particular, they're in charge of letting a game like Deathloop exist. So you're completely right. It is a risk to try to push a indie game concept. Now, given uh, Prey Moon Crash, we've seen it in action, and I think it worked really well. Uh, mm -hmm. And it did have some elements that I think an indie developer maybe wouldn't be able to achieve. You know, I've played a lot of roguelikes. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of them, in fact. Risk of Rain 2 is the most recent one I've been playing. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but love that game I've, to bits. I've, I've heard good things. Um, okay. I, I, might, I might dip my toes into that into that uh at some point in the future <laughs> nice 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 so but there's definitely things that with the money you know a triple a studio has and the funding they could do more things with it so and, and Deathloop is very expansive it has the whole open world in different districts and it even includes a pvp element as we know with uh julia versus colt i hope mm. i got those cole is it cole or colt? yeah uh, uh colt and juliana juliana not julia um yeah so it's it is it is risky but at the same time Zenimax and Bethesda are giving the okay for Arcane to do it especially when you know that it we know Dishonored 2 didn't sell as well as Dishonored 1 did we know Prey didn't sell as well as I think it did better probably than Dishonored 2 we don't know the exact numbers yeah but yeah what we do know is they didn't do as well as they would have hoped still success as I always point that out but not as mm -hmm. well as they would have hoped and to turn around and say, okay, well, we're not going to go with these franchises that we know people, at least some people like, we'll go with something entirely new. Mm -hmm. That's also a risk. So yeah, everyone who's saying bad franchises, Franchises that have a pre-established cult following 
um, you know, as opposed to here, let's toss out a brand new IP. So, um, yeah, I think there's certainly a discussion to be had where it's like, guys, let's give Bethesda, like, it's, is it, is it popular to hate on Bethesda right now? Sure. Are some of those reasons justified? Yes. Are some unjustified? Also, yes. But mm -hmm. I think it's good for us to give them credit where credit is due. And, you know, they, they are allowing their studios to not even allowing they're giving their studios the creative freedom to be able to make the kinds of games that they want to make without fear of okay if it fails we're going to do the uh ea situation where we just kill you and turn you into a support <laughs> studio for battlefield and madden you know oh, like it's like I would be utterly dismayed if Arcane Studios was closed down you, and they just turned them into a support studio. That are would you be... a Star Wars fan? Um, I mean, as much as the next guy, uh, have not been a fan of the big, uh, the most recent movies. Okay, um, do you I... like do you like the games though? Like, do, do you pay attention to the Star Wars game stuff going on? I adored jedi fallen order okay I played that. all right so um, did you <laughs> i'm sorry I, i'm cutting off but did you hear yeah. the uh article where one of the developers for aiming henning's team uh it was ragtag at the time yes. I believe. it was either ragtag or, they yeah. said it would have been the mm -hmm. best star wars game ever made and i was just <laughs> I, and they canceled I was, it. yeah it what are they it's doing? crazy because you you tore away a what could have been a really oh. ac a really action-packed story-driven uh third person experience oh. and you tore that away from the woman who who played a very important role in giving us the who uncharted good yeah. third person sci-fi experiences <laughs> she didn't exactly. pioneer it that's 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 is a dressed uh mm -hmm. exaggeration but right right oh my god ea ea come on yeah, they it's it's crazy, you know, you think about how they they bought the Star Wars license uh that was before or right around the time The Force Awakens was coming out. And what have they done in in the past few years? They did Nothing. two Battlefront games. Yeah, exactly. They did two <laughs> Battlefront games which were very meh. They did Jedi Fallen Order, which I would Gold. argue has been the only good thing they've mm -hmm. managed to do with the Star Wars brand. They turned on, hold, they they turned back on the original Star Wars, original Star Wars Battlefront 2 multiplayer servers. That's, okay, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, I'll, I'll give them credit for that. That's not a good much. point because it's, it's a classic. Don't but, give them much. That's not right, a big thing. Yeah. Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Anyway, we digress. So, mm -hmm. Deathloop, Bethesda. Yeah, that goes for um, our discussion about about taking risks. That goes for, I think, Starfield as well. Even though this game has been overhyped. or Not overhyped, but this game has been pre-hyped. And a lot of people are excited for it. And because it is from Bethesda Game Studios as opposed to some of their smaller teams. Id, Tango, so on and so forth. Uh, Arcane. Because it is BGS proper. It's not mm -hmm. BGS Austin or BGS... Uh, Montreal they don't do they have Montreal Montreal yeah BGS Russia B, you know it's not one of these other mm -hmm. studios mm -hmm. uh that it's people are going to look forward to it so how could you not it's from the Elder Scrolls and Fallout guys right uh but exactly. that's still there's still a risk that they're doing 
you know, something brand new. And and not everybody, people, they know that their audience likes fantasy and they know that a portion of their audience likes post-apocalyptic. But, mm-hmm. well, you can, it's 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 kind of a stupid question because you can say, yes, obviously, there's a segment of that audience that will like, that will like sci-fi. But, you know, they don't know how much of that audience would like a Bethesda sci-fi game. Now, again, it's a pretty stupid question because, as we know, a lot of them would. Uh, and it's right up their alley. Mm-hmm. But... I guess I'm not explaining the right way that just a new IP is what I'm trying to get at. Any new IP is a risk, and the same goes for Starfield being a risk. So Bethesda is not mm-hmm. the worst company in the world. And, and and people who say that they're EA, that's that's just get out. Right. <laughs> None of that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the the big the big thing this week, and we're gonna start off right on the bat because I'm I'm really excited. I've recorded several videos of this already. I was originally gonna do a really big project on it, but it wouldn't work for my channel. Uh, maybe I'll divulge it ages in the future. But th- we have new information on Gotham Knights, the next project, and Suicide Squad, the next projects coming from WB Montreal and Rocksteady, respectively. Uh, Rocksteady is working on Suicide Squad game. It is rumored to be a games as a service. Uh, it is a four-player co-op uh, experience. We don't know too much more outside of that. We have some details that we have from the te- the teaser trailer that they showed off. However, Gotham Knights uh, is it's out in the open. It's releasing in 2021. We have substantial amount of information and new details. We got a new gameplay trailer from DC Fandom, and we also, alongside that, immediately after we had seven minutes of gameplay from Gotham Knights. So, in terms of presentation, Arcane, you watched... I'm, I'm, at some point, I'm going to call you Arkham. It's just going to slip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> you watched You watched this event live, correct? Um, I, or did you so- just watch the recaps in the trailers? I watched a lot of the recaps, the trailers. Um, I caught a lot of the movie stuff live as mm-hmm. it was happening, but um, Gotham Knights was the first thing that I that I uh, saw um, once I hopped onto social media. I was seeing, hey, WB Montreal's new Batman game is out there in the wild, and so I was like, okay, let me check out the trailer, you know, because obviously I'm I'm a DC fan, I'm a Batman fan, so I was very intrigued and. I think all of us were kind of taken aback to different degrees when we found out, oh, oh, this isn't going to focus on Batman. This is going to focus on the Bat fam, the Bat family, I should yep. say, the extended Batman family. So, um, and I mean, so in the trailer, they show you the the cinematic CGI trailer. Um, Bruce Wayne is delivering his final words to his family. He's like, if you're watching this message, I'm dead. And so it's like, okay, Batman's dead. Wow, what a way to start the trailer um, and kill a lot of people's enthusiasm for it. Um, but then they go on and they say, okay, so this it's not going to focus on Batman. You're playing as Batgirl, Robin, Nightwing, and Red Hood. So yes. you're playing as members of the extended family, which... Um, my, my thoughts on it, just general, uh, top-down overview thoughts. I like this idea because we've already had 
several Batman games. You know, we had Arkham Origins, which was the prequel. We had the Arkham Trilogy proper. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of Batman exposure. And the extended Batman family, you know, his sidekicks and the side characters have had very smaller... had They've had much smaller supporting roles in the Arkham games. So my opinion, I think it's cool to kind of see those characters take the limelight and maybe introduce them to some people who who maybe weren't interested in them before, and this might make them somebody's favorite character, you know? So I think it's, I, I, that's, that's my opinion on it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of those actually completely. Uh, we'll get into some deeper discussion about it, but first, a couple details about it. We already said that Batman is dead. Now there's a debate to be had as to whether or not that's true, and a lot of people say no. Right, uh, yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm 50-50 on that, too. I was like, do they really have the balls to do that? It's, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> and, and so some other details. This is coming from comicbook.com. Uh, there's an article. We have the four main characters that will be playable. It's not known if characters will be playable outside of that as possibly DLC into the game later on, maybe possibly have their own side stories. But the four revealed heroes you have is, as we said, Batgirl's the first one. Uh, She is, let's see, she is a highly trained variety of fighting styles such as kickboxing, kapiora, and jujitsu. Her signature weapon is the tanfa. Barbara also displays great skill when it comes to hacking or coding in computers and technological systems to dig for information. There is Red Hood, who was known as Jason Todd. Uh, he is reached the peak of human strength. He's proficient in multiple combat techniques with all manner of weapons, both traditional and high-tech. After reconciling with the Batman family, he has embraced Batman's non-lethal combat method. So, he's still using guns, I assume, in the trailer we see him using yeah, guns. Yeah, wait, h- hold up. Wait, he, he has embraced his non-lethal method. Bro, I saw him shoot two guys in the trailer. <laughs> I'm going to go off on a limb. You, okay, so we had a tank that can run people over by electrocuting them if they got too close and it only stunned them. We had a cannon, a literal tank cannon that can shoot non-lethal uh, stun rounds. So I think they could Batman lore can can find a way to make non-lethal yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. Suspension of disbelief. Exactly. Of and and at that point, you, you, you have his non-lethal rounds, whatever they might be, and you could still... Mm-hmm. Because what, what's the point of playing Red Hood if he's not using... You know, I, I feel like it's kind of signature two handguns. And on top of that, right. you sort of need that in order to, to, to differentiate him from the other characters. They all have weapons that they use, so... Mm-hmm. You know, if if you took away those, he'd basically sort of just be Batman, but mm-hmm. not cool Batman. <laughs> um, then there's also Nightwing. He is the natural leader and optim- uh, optimist and a charismatic of the Batman, the most charismatic of the Batman family. Uh, he boasts mastery in acrobatics and is an expert at taking down enemies with his signature dual escrima sticks. And finally, Robin, who is Tim Drake. He mm-hmm. is an expert crime fighter with a collapsible core staff and skilled in the art of stealth. Tim also possesses a background in combined psychological warfare and behavioral sciences, all of which sets the stage for him to accomplish any mission. And last but not least, Gotham is a brand new open world third person action RPG featuring the Batman family as new players step into the roles of the characters we mentioned uh, and must rise as the protectors of Gotham City in the wake of Batman's death. An expansive criminal underworld has swept through the streets of Gotham, and now it is up to these new heroes to protect the city, bring hope to its citizens, discipline to its cops, and fear to its criminals. 
Players must save Gotham from Descent into Chaos and reinvent themselves into their own version of the Dark Knight, featuring two-player co-op. And that's an important distinction. I'm going to end it right there, actually. It's two-player co-op. It is not a multiplayer title. It is up to two people mm -hmm. at most with a total of four playable characters. So, mm -hmm. so right off the bat, like very different from the Arkham games, which were exclusively single-player, but... I, I think it is important to point that out, though. It's two-player co-op, you know? They're not going for the um, for the same thing that, uh, like, for example, Square Enix is shooting for, like, a four-player Avengers games-as-a-service title, which right. I, I don't know. Just speaking for myself, I can say that it is definitely not something that I am looking forward to at all. Uh, Avengers. If, if, Avenger, the yes. Avengers game, yeah, that's that is forthcoming from Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. I nothing about it has has seemed very interesting to me, and I feel like Warner Brothers is definitely they're taking a different route to differentiate themselves from that. But um, I definitely think for Gotham Knights, I think two player co op is the smart way to go um, because uh, I don't think anybody was begging for uh, like a four player games as a service Batman game i certainly wasn't begging for that so i'm no. glad to see that they're not doing that with with gotham knights you uh, could argue that most people weren't looking for co-op right exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah let alone it, multiplayer yeah uh, like a full multiplayer exactly that's a whole nother point to be made you know i know you and i had that brief exchange on twitter and i'm based on that i I get the vibe that you were looking for, you know, a single player, another single player Batman game, you know, proper, uh, just like in the vein of the Arkham games. Um, but instead we got this. And uh, so it's it's hard to kind of have your your expectations are kind of shattered in a way because you're expecting one thing and then Warner Brothers is giving you something else. And it's 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 very different. Absolutely. So let's 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 talk about that for a bit. The the co-op is is in principle a really cool concept, right? We we're introduced mm -hmm. to somewhat of what it could be with Arkham Knight. You could play between two different characters. There were certain scenarios. It was stage segments where you could play mm -hmm. as two different characters, and you swap between the two. And they could also during certain moments plan for a dual takedown, and they do a really cool animation where they work together uh, during the combat moments. Mm -hmm. Then during stealth moments, you could have, you know, whoever your stealth partner was, it was Robin in almost all cases that I remember. You could have Robin do a takedown while you did a simultaneous takedown somewhere else. So you could tell him, strike now, which I thought was really, really cool. And if there was a whole game centered around that, I would have thought that would be brilliant. Especially if you could switch to whichever character you want at any time. Uh, mm -hmm. And you just sort of had an AI companion following you around. I th would think that's brilliant. Now, when you introduce co-op, now you put in a new human player with his own agency that's not AI, that's sort of blindly following what it's told to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of things have to change, not just from a storytelling perspective, but from a gameplay perspective. And there's sacrifices that have to be made. A couple of those sacrifices, let's let's go through a few that come to, to my head. One is uh, storytelling agency. So mm -hmm. with co-op, whose perspective does the story get told from? Does That's it get 
does it get told from both of them which means that you have generic templates of all of the characters because they need to apply to all and you could extend this conversation you could say well because it, it sort of matters if it, it's difficult because if there's certain missions where you can only play as Batgirl or certain missions where you can only play as Red, Ho- uh, Red Hood then mm. they could make those missions tailored towards those characters and then of course during overarching story moments they include the whole bat family and how they react to certain circumstances but otherwise sections of the game will be devoted towards telling character stories and developing those characters if you can play as any character at any time how do you possibly tell a personal story about those characters when the majority of them will be spent trying to make sure that it applies to all four of them right yeah i mean that's it's a tricky balance i think to strike for just about any co-op game like this but especially for this one because you have these comic book characters that are as well renowned as these i think that i think the story is definitely i think it's going to suffer in certain areas because of the co-op um i i can't really say for sure in what areas but yeah i i definitely agree with you there and I didn't agree with you at first, but I've had more time to think about it, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's a that's a really good point because you know, in a in a single player game, you're playing, and you know, you just have yourself. You're able to everything's a little bit more focused, a little bit more consistent, and like you said, you you bring in another human player, and there's a whole another level of agency. It's taken away from you, and it's given to somebody else. Um, so you know whether or not the gameplay whether or not the gameplay with another co-op partner is fun um i don't i don't necessarily think that that's going to make up for any potential shortcomings that the story may or may not have mm. so you actually just jumped ahead to what my next question was going to be which is exactly that do you think that having fun gameplay would make up for the 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 story beats that that miss because if you look at for example uh, you know the best thing you you are a fan of the arkham games so yes you know you know that the, the one of the things that well let me start off with this what do you think people play the arkham quadrilogy all four of them what do you think they play those games for what draws um, them into it what do i think they played for what do you think I... they play for Honestly, I think it's the brand and the story that they're trying to tell. They were telling a very different kind of Batman story. I mean, speaking for myself, I know I was wanting to play for the story, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I played Arkham Asylum when it first released. I was like, wow, that was really good. And then they announced Arkham City, and they went in a totally different direction with that. Obviously, they made some very big decisions with certain villains that mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil. If you haven't played Arkham City, it's it's really good. Um, and then also they made certain story decisions with Arkham Knight that were really interesting. And, and say what you will about Arkham Knight, there were a lot of people that that liked it, a lot of people that didn't like it. I felt like it was a satisfying enough conclusion to that story that Rocksteady had started. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the Arkham games, I think that story was definitely the driving force for many people's desire to play those games. Um, I think... <sighs> There's there's certainly an argument to be made for certain games, especially games as service titles. Um, I think the one that jumps to my mind is Destiny. Uh, you know, nobody's playing Destiny for the story. Mm-hmm. I, maybe there is a certain portion of 
of the fandom that is playing the game for the story. I never played Destiny for the story. I played it to shoot aliens and get new guns. That's what I played Destiny mm -hmm. for, you know. So there is something to be said about, you know, coming, having the developers want the player to come back and to continue to play the game just to play the game, not necessarily to experience a linear uh, story experience, you know. But I, I think it's going to be a tricky balance for them to strike with with um with gotham knights in particular so you 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 said exactly what I, you you are proving exactly what i'm trying to get at the story mm -hmm. the story is why people play batman the batman trilogy so you have your entire audience your entire audience who is looking around and saying we want a good batman story i don't think i have not seen one person who has genuinely said, I maybe there's probably one out there, but I haven't seen one person who said, I don't like this because Batman's dead. Or I don't like this because this is a Bat Family game. Mm -hmm. All of my complaints that I've seen rise well, we'll get into the RPG elements. That's yeah. the biggest one. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But the the RPG elements I think are a byproduct of co-op. That's another thing. But the arguments are that this story is going to have to take a backseat in comparison to the gameplay. And we've seen what happens when WB Montreal prioritizes gameplay. Because if you remember the end of Shadow of War, the whole last section of the game in order to get to the true ending. In Shadow of War, you had to take on a bunch of forts. And it was monotonous and it was tedious. And mm -hmm. part of the problem was because there was no story surrounding those moments. It was literally just, okay, capture this fortress. Now, there was nothing to break it up. It was literally, okay, capture this fortress, capture this fortress, capture this fortress. But if the gameplay was good enough, people wouldn't have minded that. As you said, Destiny is a great example. People play Destiny, they do the same things over and over. The same mm -hmm. types of missions, the same types of levels. Uh, and they do that because they want to go out and get the loot. But you don't play a game that's specifically with an audience that WB Montreal or Rocksteady has because they share the same audience to 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 go and level up and get better gear. So right. to transition away from that and say okay, well there's a story here and it's, that's that's pretty worrying to me as someone also who exclusively you know great gameplay, the free flow combat system, those are phenomenal, but I'm not going to turn around and say, you know what? I'm really in the mood to to have free flow combat. But, but it's interesting. It's interesting because what I will say is, I don't know if I'd play, and this game is going to test that. I don't know if I'd play a Batman game without the free flow combat, mm -hmm. because I want the story and that style of that. That's what I've come to love. That's what I've come to enjoy. And they could do it in their own universe. They can do it in with no Batman. I have no problems. In fact, I'm glad that they're doing the approach that they are. It is not mm -hmm. taking place in the Arkhamverse. Um, that is mm -hmm. confirmed. And... Yeah, that was something that they kind of were messing with us in that trailer because it's like there there are certain things that happen again no no nothing specific no spoilers there are certain things that happen at the end of Arkham Knight that led me to believe okay this is a sequel to Arkham Knight like mm -hmm. this Gotham Knights is a sequel but no they came out later and they said no this it's in a completely different universe completely different continuity this has no relation to the arkham universe and i was like okay then it's i don't know that's that was kind of weird to me 
Yeah, well, I like I said, but I'm glad though because you know WB Montreal has a lot of talented writers there, and to to allow them to not have to restrict themselves to Arkham's continuity, which did get muddled up a bit, and I, mm. I think like you said yourself, the uh, Arkham Knight was a was a conclusion. It was a it was a satisfying end to to the thing, and the mm-hmm. whatever cliffhangers there are, I want them to stay as cliffhangers. Uh, so, but now you take this other universe that can do what they want. Again, to go back to what I've already said, and, and I'm gonna just finish off with that: is is the story worth the changes that they're making? Let's mm-hmm. go into some of those changes. The first bigger one is the RPG mechanics. Yes. How do this you? Was, this was something that I didn't notice at first. It was only after I was I was seeing people's reactions on social media. I was like, oh yeah, wait these these guys do have so all of the enemies they have level numbers above their heads now and they have health bars and you know so so you're hitting a guy and it's artificial because really batgirl would have been able to take out like one of these guys in the beginning in like two to three punches right but because he's got this health bar and it's they have this artificial level gating and progression system in place um i i definitely understand why that's pissing a lot of people off off um i'm sure that that reminds them a lot of uh ubisoft has done a lot of that recently with (laughs) if you didn't say it i was going to yeah ubisoft has been doing that a lot recently um and even uh bethesda did that um not that long ago with uh wolfenstein youngblood which yeah i mean right that was very yes people hated it very it was very polarizing because it's like i it didn't there's really no reason for it to be there it felt like they put it there just so they could check they could uh put a check mark on their list of like things to shove into the game and i think this is another one that definitely runs that risk of okay um a whole bunch of third person action games are are they're shoving in these really unneeded unwarranted rpg elements we're a third-person action game. Everybody else is doing it. We might as well do it too, you know. So, um, that's. Such a, oh, I man. think, yeah, it's it's certainly a risk with this. Um, one tiny upside, maybe, is you know, with RPG systems, you have gear and you have a loot. So mm. there is potential for like you know, your red hood could look totally different from my red hood. My Batgirl could look totally different from your Batgirl. There, there's there's uh, an opportunity there for like some really cool cosmetics. But beyond that, um, I don't see uh, a whole lot of good um, coming from uh, shoving RPG systems into this. I don't know. I could be wrong. But first impressions are everything. And and this first impression does not leave a good taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I, I would definitely uh, put myself in that group of people. So earlier you brought up that uh, people are saying it's Avengers. I want to clarify something. As, as someone who, again, I don't have a great first impression of this game either. Um, but as someone who, with that uh, take on it, I don't, this isn't Avengers. This is an open world game as opposed to levels. But, you know, Avengers is individual levels that you go off to and you get put in a zone and you clear that zone and then you move on um Mm -hmm. avengers is also a games as a service game this is not uh they wouldn't be able to really put games as a service too well i don't think it would work in a 
uh, co-op game as much as it would a four-player kind of looter game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's partially why I don't think it's going to be a looter. As as you said, you know, maybe you could equip different gear and such. The only way I see that happening is if that was a games as a service title Mm -hmm. the only way and the reason why is because that is the opportunity for monetization that is synonymous with monetization is having all those gears gear available Mm -hmm. uh and on top of that it would be another i think this would be a positive change if you could equip different plates have you played injustice uh injustice 2 specifically yeah so so you know Mm -hmm. in injustice 2 i thought if they wanted to put that into the game that would be really cool. And the reason yeah. why I would agree with that is because then you would have an opportunity to change the way your character looks. Um, you would have cosmetic changes that are also functional changes and the upgrades from actual levels. They could still resort to this is a new move that you unlock. This is a new move that you unlock. This is a new type of attack. This is a variation of that attack um, that maybe does something different. It has some pros and cons to it. So they can keep the levels as opposed to being... Um, you pick this perk and you get plus 10% damage. Or you pick this perk and you get 10% fire resistance. Those are mm-hmm. boring upgrades. That's not fun. I don't want that. <laughs> as, I don't want to work for an entire level to get 10% fire resistance. <laughs> Give right. me a new move. Um, mm-hmm. So if they if they wanted to do cosmetic changes, especially because they are doing health bars and damage numbers, the damage numbers, you better be able to turn them off, let me say right now. Because those were completely obtrusive especially in a batman game from what we're used to (laughs) um but let's 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 talk about the the problems with and the other problems that come with introducing a a uh a health bar a health bar system and you could feel free to disagree with me at any point i have a couple notes on this that i've taken Mm -hmm. the first thing is that enemy combinations can devolve into a simple number block and what i mean by that is you have enemies um instead of being challenged through how to fight them so in the arkham games if you had a guy with a baton you needed to jump over him if you had a person with armor you needed a cape stun and then rapidly punch them um if you had and so and if you had a shield you had to jump over and and aerial attack so on and so forth now that can devolve and i use that word very uh particularly particularly Mm -hmm. uh very intentionally they will devolve the combat from that where they're and the Arkham combat wasn't hard. Let's get something straight. I played all of them on the hardest difficulty. They're not tough. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have moments <laughs> they, they have moments that are harder than others, but they're not hard games. The, well, right. the challenge comes from throwing the different enemy types into one arena and you having enough I, I hesitate to say skill again because they're not that hard, but you have enough uh reaction to deal with those enemies that you get faced with and you have to do the different styles. Now that can resort to this person has X amount of health with X amount of armor and X amount of arbitrary uh, element resistance. Mm-hmm. And that's where the challenge comes from now. Because, oh, you're fighting this guy? Well, guess what? He has tons and tons and tons of health. His damage output is a multiplier of three because he's four levels or five levels higher than you. Uh, and then on top of that, if you're using a, a, and we can talk about, there are elemental weapon augments you can get. I can confirm this through the trailers, uh, and we can talk about that more if you'd like, but mm-hmm. this old person, oh, you use a, you use a fire augment on your weapon. Uh, too bad. Cause they have 56% fire resistant because they're, they're, uh, they're level. Right. There's the challenge. That's, that's mm-hmm. not, that isn't challenge. That's just irritating. 
Right. Well, <laughs> again, I think the word I like to use is it's artificial. You know, it's created yeah, perfect. to it's created specifically to, you know, gate or uh, put a block in front of the player before they're able to access certain content. And and yeah, no, I I certainly agree with you on that. No no reason to disagree when you're when you're spitting facts. <laughs> All right. Um then to continue on, the elemental weapon types, that's something we could talk about. You do you still it said in that article we read before that, you know, Nightwing has his excrement sticks and Robin uses his collapsible staff. The reason why I, I you can deduce that there are some types of elements you can see in the trailer, not the gameplay footage, the trailer. Nightwing does this sort of spinny attack. He's twirling around a bunch, and you mm-hmm. see, you could see the particle effects of frost going around his weapon. Batgirl in that same trailer, her uh, whatever they're called, her but her baton thing. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, her baton weapon. Uh, I'm just gonna call it a night stick because that's pretty much what it is—the night guard stick, the police baton. Yeah. Um, yeah. so her police mm-hmm. baton, <laughs> it, you can see it distinctly has, I believe, in the trailer, it is yellow and purple. And then mm-hmm. in the gameplay demo that they showed, the seven minutes of gameplay, it's red. And whenever she attacks people, if she hits them, I think it's if they hit them a certain amount of times, then it applies a fire effect to them. And there's an even a little icon that's a little fire marker that gets applied to the character. So I'm pretty sure it's different elemental damage types, and you could probably pick which one you want on your weapon. So mm-hmm. that's why I think part of it will come into play. And even during the gameplay demo, if there's a narrated version that's on YouTube now, and the narrator explains... If you fight Mr. Freeze at level 5 versus level 15, it will be different, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close, because he will have different attacks and defenses or resistances uh, if you go at him at different levels. So what that means is not in an ideal situation. It means he literally has a different moveset Mm -hmm. if you're a higher level. So he's harder if he does sort of an AoE attack. Maybe it's a bigger AoE. The effects are more grand because he is stronger. Because they also said that enemies pace with you. That brings up a whole other... I'm sorry, I'm just rambling because I have so many things to say about it. <laughs> um, that brings up a whole other discussion because he said the enemies will keep pace with you. So if they are keeping pace with you, what is the need for a level system? If they're just going to stay on par with you for the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why do you need levels then? Right. You could just put it, and and again, you could literally, you could legitimately use the same thing. I, I, correct me, please, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think so much could be solved because you can have all of the same mechanics if you remove the health and level bar. If you just kept that all behind the scenes, I think it would yeah. fix you, so many problems. Exactly. Yeah. You you would still you'd still have a lot of the same foundation in the gameplay and but again without all of the artificial progression and the grinding and whatnot it's you know i ironically enough i you know they showed mr freeze in this trailer and and i'm watching some of the boss fight footage and i'm and i'm remembering how fantastic the boss fight with him was in arkham city because you would use a certain kind of attack on him for your first hit, right? And then it's like, okay, well, now he's going to adapt. So if you try to use that attack on him again, he's going to counter you. So you have to constantly change up how you're approaching him, and it made for one of the best boss fights, in my opinion, 
in video games ever. I think that's a common uh, sentiment I was going to say. Yeah, and and then with this, Mr. Freeze is like, oh, he's shooting his lasers, and you need to jump over them, and it's like it it it's not it's not a matter of even the way that Batgirl and Robin are kind of ganging up on him, and they're just like it it looks like they were just kind of like button mashing, and mm -hmm. there's no reaction, there's no there's no sort of like stun move where he's or some kind of falter move for him where he gets knocked back because you're hitting him so much, mm -hmm. and. And I think that's definitely a result of the, again, the the level gating and the health bars. And again, I, I know I keep using this word, but it's it's all, it's artificial. Mm -hmm. And so there's no tangible, like when I beat Mr. Freeze in Arkham City, there was a tangible sense of like, I had accomplished something. I actually outsmarted him. Mm -hmm. You know, with this one, I don't feel like there's going to be a tangible sense of, I outsmarted him. It's going to be a tangible sense of I beat him down until his health bar went <laughs> to zero. That's, that's it. There's nothing. There's I just thinking about that makes me sad. It makes me depressed because that doesn't give me any sense of accomplishment. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I didn't even realize, I didn't even put together you the fact that you're right. They he didn't react at all. It was literally just two people. It was almost like they were just punching a brick wall. And then when he came to a point where he's like, okay, I'm going to do a new move now. He did that. And I think it was at first, if I remember correctly, he did this sort of AOE, which was like, nope, you got to get away from me for a second. Right. Um, and right. then he eventually jumped up on the platform where he mm -hmm. started doing a different attack. But you're right. It was basically, they were just punching a piece of brick wall until it decided to push them away for a second. Mm -hmm. There was no I think interaction. It it's sad for me to say, but, you know, a lot of these issues that I have with Gotham Knights, at least, again, it was a seven-minute gameplay trailer. There's still a whole lot more of yes. the game that we have yet to see. I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that first, but mm -hmm. I think a lot of the criticisms that are being levied against Gotham Knights are, I think a lot of them are valid because a lot of them are the very same criticisms that are being levied right now against uh, Square Enix and their Avengers game. They're doing a lot of the same stuff with the Avengers game. Artificial level gating, loot and gear that is like, it's not, it's boring, it's repetitive. Um, mm -hmm. And even you look at, I haven't played the beta, um, but there's like an open beta for the Avengers game right now. But you yes. look at the combat and it's like, it's button mashy combat. It, it's like a, it's like a superhero game from the late or early 2000s. You know, it's not, it doesn't strike me as a modern game that would be releasing in the year 2020, mm -hmm. you know? So well, it's... Arkham is the, the, the Arkham series is what revolutionized it. Or, and Spider-Man now, because Spider-Man was bloody brilliant. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Arkham, Arkham was, was inspired a... by Arkham, so... Exactly. <laughs> Ar Arkham, Arkham was that beacon to every studio that you could make a killer superhero game. You just have to give it the proper attention and care. And, you know, you have to you have to have a studio who respects the source material and who is willing to put forth the effort to give you something really good. And Rocksteady, I remember at the time when they made Arkham Asylum, were very they nobody knew who Rocksteady was. And it's like, yeah. you guys are you guys are handing these guys the Batman IP? What are you doing? What's they don't have a you? clue what they're doing. And they delivered to us one of the best games 
that released that year. And to this day, some people still think that Arkham Asylum, the the first Arkham game, is still the best in the series. And and I mean, there's certainly some some merit to that. But yeah, it, they definitely they changed everything after that. And so, um, when you're coming out with a superhero game, especially one whether it's whether it's with a name as important as Batman uh, or with a character or a universe that's as important as Marvel's Avengers or DC, Marvel Comics, etc., you have to respect it. You can't turn it into I can't think of a I can't think of a single person that was asking for a games as a service Avengers game. No, I can't was. think of a single person that was asking for that. I sure as hell wasn't asking for it. People and would you want look... an Avengers game in the, uh, uh, Arkham and uh, to get you know repeating this, but Arkham mm-hmm. is to superhero games what Skyrim is to fantasy RPGs. Yes, yes. So that's, when that's, when oh people God, are looking that's, forward that's... to an Avengers game, they're looking for an Arkham. I'm, and obviously, they want it to do its own thing, and that goes for this game too. With gotham knights i want it to do its own thing but when you have a foundation that's so strong i'll get i'll come back to this point after but you know Mm. they were looking for something that was single player that was story driven they didn't want live service games of service as you mentioned Mm -hmm. we don't know about microtransactions i don't think but Mm -hmm. uh please continue (laughs) yeah no i was just gonna say that you know it's 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 important for them to to respect the mythology and yeah and i this isn't me coming from a place of like, oh, they, they change too much, you know, I don't like it when they're doing something different, change bad, you know, it's like, no, no, I, I welcome change. Like I mentioned earlier, I think the fact that they're focusing on different characters this time around, I welcome that change wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, I think our our main issue, I think the community's main issue is the gameplay changes that they're making here. And it that seems- stems from the RPG elements right exactly it's like they're they're copying some modern trends and i don't want them to copy trends you know arkham didn't become as popular and as well loved as it was for copying what other superhero games were doing it reinvented the wheel so to speak and Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's that's my piece on on that (laughs) i i think i think the biggest upsetting thing for me is definitely the story parts uh, how do you get, how do you, if, again, tying back to, if you could play as any character at any time. Now, I said you could rectify this by only allowing certain characters during certain missions, but if you can play at any character at any time, how do you get moment? Like, the original Arkham trilogy, it was Batman's story, and it was it was about Batman and Bruce Wayne and how they dealt with the supervillains, how they dealt with, you know, some of the Bat family. You had Robin and Oracle uh, and Nightwing. It was how mm-hmm. Batman handled everything it was it was batman's story it was batman it was batman but now you're throwing in all four of these characters and it it's more like scooby-doo where all of these characters they're different and they have their own personalities but you need to you can't tell a personalized story you can't tell uh a a a narrative that Mm -hmm. truly envelops one character and their experiences which even if you look at for example uh completely arbitrary from this most most modern stories that I can think of that are memorable are not going to be the family stories. You look mm-hmm. at, and, and you could go to any genre. You could go to Avatar, not the last, or yeah, even you could go to the Last Airbender. And the Last Airbender was still that family focus, but it was Ang's story. If you're familiar with, 
the last airman if you're not yeah what are you doing no, with your no, life? I, <laughs> um, no i i am very you can look at you can look at the witcher and the witcher is Geralt's story and they have all of the other witchers and there is also mm-hmm. triss and there's also uh uh, uh yennefer yennefer siri but yeah. it's Geralt's story if you look at the other avatar from the pandora james cameron it is jake Sully's story like all, all of these the dark knight trilogy it's batman and bruce wayne Mm-hmm. All things, and and I would be surprised, and I encourage someone to try to find something that focused on every single character that was told from every character's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you could argue, well, technically, Avatar was because there was a Saka and a Katara episode, but like, mm-hmm. no, it was it was Ang's journey. Let's let's be real; he's the protagonist. Right. You, there's a definitive protagonist. With this, it does not feel as though there's a. That's actually a perfect way to put it: a definitive protagonist. This yeah, doesn't. You, I don't know if we're gonna have that here, and that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, no, it it makes me nervous too. And I mean, you always run that risk when you're making any, whether it's a movie, a TV show, a video game, a, a cartoon, or an anime or animated series. You always run the risk of not giving one character enough focus because of the fact that you know you're dealing with an ensemble cast. Um, and so I, I even get that vibe from uh, the Avengers game. Again, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to stop. This is going to be the last time I'm going to bring up Avengers. <laughs> no, it's relatable. For the rest of this discussion. But um, I get that vibe a lot from Avengers. You know, it's they're not really treating it as, you know, okay, we're going to give these characters room over the other. I think, um, like, Kamala Khan or Miss Marvel is like the they're treating her as the protagonist or she's the main character and... It and seems, the, that's the impression I'm getting, yes. Right, and the and the actual Avengers, you know, Cap, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, Black Widow, they're kind of sidelined in, at, at least story-wise, from what I can tell thus far, in a game that has their name in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that's certainly a risk that any studio can run when they're dealing with an ensemble cast. And and I think that it is, in, in Gotham Knights... Uh, situation i think this is certainly a risk that uh it's it's going to be important to to pay attention to how how the the story goes and and whatnot again we won't know for sure that any of these these thoughts or criticisms are valid until the game actually releases yes right right now though first impressions are everything and first impression right now is that i am cautiously optimistic Mm -hmm. and i and i i have to stress cautiously optimistic about this yeah you, you said it perfectly there's two last things i want to go on the topic of arkham knights these are two just quick quick questions mm-hmm. one do you think bruce wayne is dead um oh god uh do you want me to answer first yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, i i agree i agree with the theories that he is either faking his death to get to the court of owls for those of you who don't know who the court of owls is they basically rule gotham without anyone knowing how to find it's 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 the uh stereotypical the, you don't the find them Illuminati. they find you yeah exactly uh so so he fakes his own death so that he can get in or he's captured by them but i think that theory is less plausible because he wouldn't say you know i am leaving what is it the out 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 albury the albury something like that uh, the belfry belfry I think the yes, bel- yes 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 bell power he says like he says i'm leaving the belfry and if he was captured by the uh, the Court of Owls and he was 
And it's possible he left that message before he was captured, but if he was captured and he's sort of leaving that as like a ransom thing, then that doesn't make sense. So I guess he might have left it before he got captured by them. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I, I take it back. Yeah. I, I, and all in all, I think I think that he they, that they're they're faking it. Yeah. I I think that question I don't have an answer to. That's kind of up in the air for me at the moment. Okay. Cool. Uh, and the last question on uh, Gotham Knights: loot boxes. Do you think there'll be loot boxes in this game? I'm gonna put a hard no because we saw what happened when they introduced loot boxes to the single player shadow of war it was a train Mm -hmm. wreck it flopped it was one of the proponents in gaming aside from battlefront 2 this was one of the second proponents that really Mm -hmm. pushed the fight against loot boxes was shadow of war um it was a single player game yeah single player it had online elements but it was a single player game loot boxes have no business being in single player games in a free to play online multiplayer game sure there's some justification there in a single player game no so i absolutely agree with you that on that i think it's going to be a hard no for me but i also i wouldn't i wouldn't rule out them potentially putting it in after launch um a lot of companies have had the habit recently of you know no microtransactions in our games at launch mm-hmm. and then later once the game's been out in the wild for about a month they put the microtransactions in because by that time all of the reviews are out they've already made all of their money back from that first month worth of sales so they can afford to put in the monetization elements and not get backlash for that but short answer no i don't think they're going to be doing loot boxes for gotham knights okay cool Cool, cool. So that was Gotham Knights. I hope that was a really lengthy discussion, but I think yeah. it's a worthwhile one. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of thoughts on this game. And the the last, the, the final point on this is for all these critiques, I'm still hopeful Gotham Knights will be something I can really sink my teeth into. I'm hesitant to believe it has a strong chance to say that it will stand on par with the other Arkham games, some of my favorite games of all time. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that it can at least hold its own, you know, the the same way that uh you know i don't have any examples offhand but i'm hoping that it can still it can still capture what i'm looking for and who knows maybe if there's backlash against the rpg mechanics maybe it's something they can rework it might just be too far embedded in the game but who knows Mm -hmm. now the next thing we have is and i think this will be a much shorter discussion is the suicide squad trailer um, yes. <laughs> so, Suicide Squad, that's the next Games as a Service. It's rumored, it's not confirmed yet, but rumored to be a Games as a Service. For, it is a four-player co-op where you can play as, I don't know the characters' names exactly, but you have Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and um, King Shark? Yeah. Shark Man? Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Shark Shark yeah. something? Killer Shark? <laughs> um, shark Man. <laughs> so, you have, you have Shark Dude. I'm just going to call him Shark Dude. You have Shark, shark. Dude and, and the other three. And four players can play as each of those characters, and we don't have many details outside of that. It takes place in Metropolis. You're killing the Justice League, but the only person they've shown in the Justice League so far is Superman, and that is their A target. They've only ever referred to an A target. They don't have a B or C that we know of yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're doing possibly some evil, well, probably some evil Superman story, which we've seen in the past, and... I'm all for that. Yeah. But I, I think it's a bit tired, but I'm I, I could <laughs> Man, I'm tired of evil Superman, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't but, I don't blame uh, you. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, and 
you know, one thing that I think is interesting to note, just as an aside, so these are the four characters that they showed us in the trailer. If it's a games as service, yep, just, just something to think about. <laughs> if it is, I mean, and it would not surprise me, but if it is, the Suicide Squad has had a constantly rotating roster of characters. So you know, if it's a games as service game, you have an opportunity there. And I, you know, if if WB or Rocksteady are listening to this. I'm I'm giving you guys free money right now, okay? Mm-hmm. So you bring in DLC characters later down the line. You bring in characters like Killer Frost, like Deathstroke, um, like um, uh, some characters from the movie I'm trying to think of, uh, like Killer Croc. Um, Is Rick Killer Flag, Croc in Suicide you know? Squad? Has he ever uh, been in Suicide Squad? In- he was in the movie. I don't know if he's ever been in the group in the comics, but um, I could be wrong about that. Okay, but my, I didn't know that. I, I guess my my point is is that they the Suicide Squad has always had such a large roster that just because we only see Deadshot, Boomerang, Harley, and and Shark Dude in the trailer doesn't necessarily mean that those are going to be the only characters that we would be able to play as. You know, I think I think that's something to to think about and again rocksteady it's it's i expect compensation for for this rocksteady mm-hmm. and wb okay <laughs> i'm giving you this channel here <laughs> yeah <laughs> bethesda someone from bethesda maybe someone from rocksteady eh, probably definitely yeah, not yeah, definitely not probably not <laughs> um, but, but hey if you do <laughs> say hi <laughs> that'd be neat um mm-hmm. i don't I, I so a couple things that i can say from the trailer i I'm I I I genuinely I, I'm not gonna say hate too strong of a word, but I have not found a games as a service game at launch that I have ever liked. Period. Um, nope. <laughs> I I oftentimes enjoy I I enjoy Sea of Thieves with friends. Um, mm-hmm. I picked up No Man's Sky sometimes on occasion, but not really that frequently anymore. Uh, that's games mm-hmm. as a service. Uh, mm-hmm. Fallout 76 is very occasional, games as a service, but I only picked it up after Wastelanders when they actually put in a better story and, and some more things that made it feel like a traditional Fallout game. So if it didn't go that route, it would have just been another live service game to me. So I can genuinely say that they don't do much for me. Uh, mm-hmm. They've always released underwhelming. They've always released with lackluster content. They've always released unfinished um, in, in nine times out of ten. There's probably one example that someone can say, well, this is a live service game and it was perfect at lunch and the, you know, more power to those developers. But it's 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 that's the odd one out. That is the the black sheep. So that's the trend. It's the it's the perception with with games as a service. And well, not even perception trend is more is more appropriate because they games as a service. Is I, w- often I would used go as a, I would go further. A, just because I have a bit of a vendetta, I would say it's the rule. Yes, it's, it's the rule. And, they and need to release unfinished. Man, yeah, man, I wish it wasn't, but that is the rule, and it's and it's a it's an excuse or a scapegoat for for not necessarily developers, but more so the studios, the publishers, to put out a half baked game and be like, oh, we're gonna fix it later, yada yada yada, and. And well, look at all these so, things that are coming in two years. Okay, but I'm going to be playing another game in two years. 
Exactly. <laughs> I yeah, don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to play your game in two years. When, especially when at that point your game, you know, it's going to be aged by two. Which at this point in time, two years changes games quite a bit. But uh, <sighs> mm-hmm. games of service. It's it's a tricky beast. However, it that is. being said, I loved the tone. I loved the the voice acting in Gotham Knights. Going back to that for just a second, Batgirl was mm-hmm. the star of the, the gameplay trailer. I hated her voice acting. Well, I didn't hate her. Oh, I, really? I, I, I loathed her performance. I thought oh, she was okay. terrible with her performance. I thought she was... It seemed as though... You look at the cinematic trailer and you hear... I, I'm, I'm, it's Kevin It's Kevin Conroy, right? Is Kevin Conroy in the beginning? Uh, it didn't sound like Or is Kevin it Roger Conroy Craig Smith? I honestly have no idea. I would need to go back and listen. Well, you listen to that, and then you also could listen to the voice acting in uh, Suicide Squad, and I believe it's Tara Strong as Harley Quinn. I don't know who yep. the other characters are, but they mm-hmm. have fantastic... And then you listen to Batgirl's lines, and it sounds like she's genuinely just... Not all of them, but the majority of them, she's just reading them off the script. Mm-hmm. She's not embodying the yeah, character. I... She's just reading her lines. She's trying to, and I see the effort... But effort does not mean results. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I think I I got a so so both games had CG trailers. The only difference, Gotham Knights trailer actually it it transitioned into gameplay in that in that trailer. Um, and you know they show you a little bit. They show you the Court of Owls, etc. Suicide Squad's trailer exclusively CG, exclusively a cinematic trailer. But I, I kind of almost got a better vibe off of that one. Um, maybe it's just subconscious because I know that this is what Rocksteady is doing. Rocksteady the, yeah. is making a Suicide Squad game. And so part of me subconsciously like got a better vibe off of it. But then also, you know, with Gotham Knights, it's okay, it's another it's another Batman game, yada yada yada. We have never seen a Suicide Squad game. And Suicide Squad, I feel like, is a concept that is ripe for for the video game treatment. And and here we are. Um, whether uh, whether it'll it'll end up being a great game on its own merits, completely different question entirely. But I think that the concept alone is enough to just look at it and be like, oh yeah, this this looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's different. I, I, I want to agree, and and the trailer gave, it had humor, it was funny, unlike, uh, you know, again, I'm going to go back, some of Batgirl's lines, she had little quips, like she fell, and she's like, I meant to do that, and I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, and she did that a couple times, where she's like, uh, she's walking through, and she's going up the ice blocks uh, to get to the building where Mr. Freeze is, and she's like, this isn't up to uh, GCPD standard codes, and it was like, uh, but <laughs> but the suicide <laughs> the suicide squad trailer had me laughing not laughing but I was chuckling I was like oh that's funny you know she's playing mm-hmm. with the uh she's moving her fingers she's like I'm moving in uh Tyra Strong Harley Quinn she's moving her fingers uh, yeah. over like a rock and she kicks like a can to the side with her finger and then you see the that pizza box funny, just get yeah. shot and she's like we're going like she's like we're down we're down <laughs> um and I, that I was pretty hilarious I thought that was so the tone the tone hit me right of course it was a lot more bright it's a lot more colorful compared to the the dark uh, mm-hmm. the more grim Arkham and the Batman setting. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, it hit all the right chords. And the interactions between the character, how they all like just harp on Deadshot. We know you never miss. <laughs> you never miss, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, 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 the banter between those characters just felt 
right, it felt appropriate, is exactly what I want to see from a gang of supervillains that are forced to to, to be anti-heroes. Um, mm-hmm. As for gameplay, again, if it follows the games as a service, that's it, we didn't see any of it, so we don't know. But the trailer hit me in all the right mm-hmm. notes. Yeah, and it's I one thing I I don't know if you actually mentioned this, uh, but uh, so Gotham Knights completely separate from the Arkham universe continuity. Yes. This game supposedly takes place is confirmed in the arc is oh so it is confirmed yes okay so it so this so Suicide Squad the game takes place in the Arkham continuity that opens up a whole nother can of worms does this take place after Arkham Knight like is is Batman not like is is he is he a part of what's going on here you know this and that and then also um they they show you uh minor spoilers but i'm sure if you're listening to this you've watched the trailer by now superman shows up at the very end seemingly being mind controlled by who we can only assume is brainiac because they show his his spaceship at the beginning um and he has his red trunks and i was like oh wow they've got the classic superman look in the arkham universe that's cool i remember um, they teased Metropolis and Clark Kent and Lex Luthor repeatedly in Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, I would love it if they made a Superman game. Obviously, we're not getting that. We're getting a Suicide Squad game. But back to what I was saying, I think the fact that this one takes place in the Arkham universe, that opens up a whole nother, a whole nother can of worms. You... And it, it presents a lot more questions as well. Do you think... Here's a, here's a big question. You just made me think of something. Do you mm-hmm. think that will get teases for a future Arkhamverse game in Suicide Squad. And do you think mm. that Gotham Knights is... You know how Ark- Arkham Origins was a holdover until Arkham Knight. That's mm-hmm. that's why they had the, the studio work on it. Do you think yeah. that Gotham Knights is a holdover until the next Rocksteady Batman game? Um, and do you think we'll I get think teases for it in Suicide Squad? I think that, okay, are we going to get teases in Suicide Squad? Yes, absolutely. They are very good at at putting in little Easter eggs and little teases. And hell, they even teased Arkham City back in Arkham Asylum. You know, there was a certain room you could go into and you find the maps or the blueprint for Arkham City. And and um, I think whether or not Gotham Knights is a holdover, uh, that I'm a little less sure about. I'm I'm more sure of the fact that there's going to be teases from Rocksteady about um, where they're going to be going in the future with their with this universe um, because again the Arkham universe is their baby they created it so it's only it only makes sense that they continue to shepherd it and into the right direction into a direction that they want to go um, so yeah I definitely think they're going to be teasing um, what they're going to be doing next for sure. I would like to say that maybe it would be the Damian Wayne game that was actually something that was yes, being worked on was, and it was canceled. That was rumored. That was rumored for a long time. It was yeah. confirmed to be what they were working on and it was a canceled project. Now, I think mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, uh, that wasn't received well because a lot of people don't like Damian Wayne. So a lot of for people For whatever reason. Well, um, that's because Damian I'm Wayne gonna... Damian Wayne, Bruce Bruce Wayne is very brooding. Damian Wayne mm-hmm. is that times ten, and people don't that's relate true. to that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. He, um, Damian Wayne has always been a character that I've been very kind of fifty fifty on, but but I digress. Mm-hmm. 
So I think I think a lot of people it just didn't resonate well with them. I don't know if that contributed to the cancellation or not, but that's that mm-hmm. it was a confirmed project that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I wonder. It's also people are showing a lot of excitement towards a Batman Beyond game, and if they want to continue in the Arkhamverse and want to leave, yes, Arkham Knight untouched. Yes. If they want to leave the Arkham quadrilogy, just leave that alone. The natural progression would be go to Batman Beyond because they can have a couple appearances show up, a couple of cameos, but mm-hmm. ultimately it will now be a Terry McGinnis story and he can carry on the legacy. I would love that. I would love that so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just thinking about it makes me giddy, man. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love that. So, or maybe it's also, you know, people have been talking about a Justice League game for ages, so maybe that's the next step. Who knows? Yeah. That's that's another thing. Yeah, it was it was a Superman game for a while and then it was a Justice League game and and they've really the rumor mill has just been spinning and spinning eternally on what what kind of games they were working on, but so that's that's about all I have for the Batman games. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, no, I think we we covered it. We've exhausted think, it pretty, pretty well. Pretty Pretty exhaustively, I think we covered it. I'm going to say that this is probably outside of dedicated Arkham channels, ex- excluding them, or dedicated, like, DC channels. I'm going to go mm-hmm. off on a limb. I will say this is the best discussion on the Batman games, or the Rocksteady, the DC games, period. You heard it, you heard it first. I'm going to stand by that statement. Anyway. <laughs> Um, there's just, this is going on for longer than my usual show. So we're going to wrap up with just one last detail. I said, we talk about crisis. Uh, I'll get that done in 30 seconds. Crisis released a new trailer. It looked really good. The visuals were overhauled after a lot of, a lot of backlash. It looks pretty good. You can go check it out. Just search it. Try crisis trailer. All right. End of that discussion. Moving on to the next one. There was, (laughs) there was a recent, um, PlayStation five commercial. We're going to speed through this one too. Um, there was a recent PlayStation 5 commercial that demonstrated the 3D audio uh, in doing so simultaneously around the same time. There was also, and I did want to talk about that, but we just don't have enough time for it. Um, there was also an article that came out that said how developers are using... Oh, we didn't even talk about Deathloop's delay. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to mention that. <laughs> we didn't get to Deathloop's delay. There was, there was so many things we wanted to talk about today. And you know what? There's not even yeah. a live chat distracting us. <laughs> holy uh, it's uh, i think this this conversation i think has been so intellectually stimulating that we i mean we mentioned death loop briefly but we we more so talked about you know the risk that they're taking as a studio mm-hmm. putting a product like that out there the oh. delay the the short version for the delay i think is that you and i both agree it's the best possible thing they could have done because there has been a severe lack of marketing for Deathloop. And if they are hoping, if if that game has any chance of performing well financially, Bethesda has to market the living hell out of it um, to to as many people as they can. So uh, short answer to the delay, um, because both of us have already made videos on it. Um, I think we both agree it's the smartest move for them to do. And yeah, it's in the end, it's going to, the game's going to be better for it as a result of this delay so if we have to wait a few more months um i'm willing to do that 
Perfect. Um, well said. I couldn't have said it better myself, but you captured everything that we would have talked about. So let's get on to the last topic so we could wrap up here. Uh, mm-hmm. In line with Deathloop, uh, the, they discussed with this 3D audio trailer, I said before, that there was an article that came out that talked about how developers would use the PlayStation's unique features, specifically the haptic feedback on the controllers. Haptic feedback is something that's pretty cool and something that, honestly, I've been underestimating until I read this article. But... This is coming from PlayStationLifestyle.net. They say Deathloop game director Dinga Bakaba talked about the physicality that the DualSense brings to the experience. I don't know if the Xbox controllers have the exact same functionality. I know they have haptic feedback. We don't know to what extent, of course, because Deathloop is a PlayStation timed exclusive. They're only talking about PlayStation for these things to help promote both platforms. They say Deathloop being a first person shooter, we do a lot of things to weapon to make weapons feel differently from one another. One I like is the blocking the triggers when your weapon jams to give the player an immediate feedback even before the animation plays out which prompts the player in a physical way they have to unjam their gun i think this is one of the most incredible things that they could possibly do with the control you cannot pull down the trigger it locks the trigger for being pulled if your gun is jammed and this is just the early days of developers utilizing haptic feedback how cool is that yeah, I was reading that article. I was like, "Oh wow, that's that's actually like, it's it's a neat little like it it's an immersive device. It's an immersive get gimmick into the game." And yeah, exactly. It's a cool it's, gimmick. Well, I, it is. It is. It is. A, it's a gimmick, but it it is a it is a damn cool one. And and you know me me personally because I'm I'm like so hyped for Deathloop. You know this this opens up another question for me about Deathloop's gameplay. Is there weapon degradation? Do you have to repair mm. your weapons after a time, you know? That, Interesting. Because if, you're, because if your gun jams, you know, that says to me, okay, there's going to be some form of repair system for your weapons. You know, it almost reminds me of, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Far Cry 2, um, where uh, you use a single weapon for an extended period of time dust and dirt collects on it it starts jamming and eventually the thing is just going to blow up in your hands and that's the last time that i remember seeing a gun jamming or weapon degradation system that was really extensive and if they deliver anything even remotely close to that in death loop i would be very impressed yeah and even if they don't go that far what i will say is the moment that i go to pull down my trigger and i literally cannot because the controller doesn't let me i (laughs) i i'm i'm just gonna be bewildered that is going to be a really cool and it i'm sure it will wear off over time and it won't be as novel of course right but the first time that happens and the controller says no I will lose it. I think that's going to be so damn cool. You're just like, wait, what? What? Uh, uh, and you're trying to shoot and you can't. And it's literally putting that physical. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it is in the words of Todd Howard. As far as gimmicks it, go, it's really fucking cool. <laughs> it, it just works. It does. It does just work in this case. Um, and another example, another great example. And again, this is why I underestimated because this is sort of the example that we got for a very long mm-hmm. time. Um, they say in Horizon Forbidden West, they say the big one we see most prominently is the resistance of the bowstring as Aloy draws it back. And I always said, okay, yeah, there'll be like a little bit of 
a little bit of pressure and i was like all right whatever no big deal but when they said yeah when they said now when i'm reading that they can literally block the opportunity for you to pull the trigger it made me realize wait they can actually do a lot more with this um and and that's when i realized okay so if i start pulling it down it will actually get harder to pull the trigger as i get farther like as i pull it back more it will i I thought it would be do you get what i'm saying does that make sense yeah oh oh, no absolutely i thought it would be really not existent but then they said they can quite literally block the entire trigger being pulled so i said okay no they can actually put resistance on it (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's actually incredible (laughs) yeah so and again it 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 makes you wonder you know what other games are they going to be using that for you know uh, horizon is one we already discussed Deathloop, you know. Uh, Gran Turismo uh, 7, Sackboy, Astro's Playroom, yep. Ratchet and Clank, and Godfall and Demon Souls are the games that I have talked about it in this article. Mm-hmm. So if I think... Sackboy can do it, then I think most games can do it pretty creatively. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, and, and, and again, this, I, I mentioned this kind of earlier. This was either at the beginning of our discussion or before we started recording this, but. I'm leaning more towards PlayStation now, um, coming from coming from a uh, person who who has been an Xbox fan for a very long time. I'm leaning more towards PlayStation now for the next gen of consoles because the more and more I hear about PS5 and um, their selection of games that they have, I'm I'm just more and more like, man, I want to get a PS5 and not a Xbox Series X. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been I've been saying for a while now, Xbox Series X, they are trying to get across. They are saying, hey, Xbox equals value, whereas PlayStation is saying, hey, PlayStation equals games. And what do people play for? They play for games. Right, exactly. So, yeah, it's there is something to be said about the value of, of Xbox and the Game Pass. But yeah, ultimately, I think that games are going to win out every single time. <laughs> Okay, yeah, for sure. So that about does it for our discussion today. Uh, Arcane, thank you so much for hopping on. I apologize it ran quite a bit longer, but it was just that good of a discussion. So I hope that you had a it good was. time. Um, oh, I, this was awesome, man. And I, I really appreciate you having me on. And Of course. And I hope to do it at some point in the future. You know, who knows? Yeah, of course, of course, definitely. So uh, for those of you watching, I mean, you've heard him today. He's a great job. He's really insightful. He has a lot of uh, great feedback, things that I don't even think of. So be sure to check out his channel. I will leave it linked in the description below. I hope that you will. And as always, thank you all so much for watching. If you enjoyed, please do leave a like. It helps other... I don't know what to use for a podcast. Usually I try to make it based on the game I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> it helps other... <laughs> what 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 do you call a person listening to a podcaster? Podcast. Um, other... Is there a term for it? Other listeners, I think, would be... All right. Uh, well, uh, other consumers... Um, <laughs> other listeners, <laughs> other consumers... Uh, find our small uh, podcast here on YouTube. So, as always, thank you guys so much for watching, and I hope to see you all next time. So long, everybody.